This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. So welcome, friends, to this week's podcast. I've got a special guest this week I'd like to introduce you to. His name is Sean Donohoe from Ireland. Uh, Sean's got a very colourful past. He's actually on a Netflix documentary about Irish gangsters. Um, he's totally reformed through an encounter with God through Jesus Christ. Two and a half years he's been in t- uh, through Teen Challenge Rehabilitation Centre. And, uh, you know, he's done a lot of outreach work over in Ireland. Working with addicted, working with the homeless. And uh, so, welcome Sean to the podcast. Thanks, Derek. Um I just need you, Sean, to be speaking your best Scottish Irish accent Aye. here, so that you, so that our listeners can meet you. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sean, Sean was on a recent boot camp with us, and uh, we wanted to um, do an interview with him just to um, let everybody hear what actually his experience was, what, how that how that went for him. Um, you know, just a way of introduction, just to kind of lead in for Sean to talk. Um, I was at the Drug Death Summit in North Ayrshire with, with Sean recently. The, the main person in the, the, the task force, um, you know, done a, a talk and they showed a, an image of what um, this addiction problems and all the deaths were like. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they, they, I know that recently people have been talking about this. Um, you know, you're seeing like the end of life issues, you're seeing people who are just totally defeated. But then they've got this upstream image that, that takes, takes you like, through all the other things that's happened in a person's life. And eventually getting to what they term as an ACE, which is an adverse childhood experience. And uh, so really, as we're talking about the, where we're going in the podcast, we want to go further um, and, and hit the, with, with this promise that we can help uh, you recover the, your heart um, from you know what happened through the adverse experiences. The lies, the messages, the things you believed about yourself, how you've lived since... Um, some has been stolen through these experiences. Some was assaulted. Some was lost. Some was surrendered. And you know, uh, our our lives, our testimonies, our stories are about how our restoration came about. We believe this that recovery is more than just how how many days you've been clean for drink or drugs. Whilst you still walk about feeling the same way about yourself, believing the same lies, having the same kind of identity issues, feeling the same uh, paralysing feelings. Now, recovery is about getting your heart back, your identity back, your confidence back, so that you can then not think the same these things about yourself. You, you've been, you know, reformed and reshaped into the the, the shape you should have been in for the, for the beginning. So, we short introduction, and I'm just going to bring it over to Sean now. Asking a few questions, so, so Sean. Morning, bro. Yeah. Um, so tell tell me a wee bit about your experience about camp. Um. <clears throat> yeah, my experience about camp. I was asked to go on the camp, and the week coming up to the camp, I decided then that I wasn't gonna go. And then I was sitting up in my bedroom one day, and I wasn't really in a great place in my own head, to be honest. And I was just talking to God, and the Holy Spirit came all over me, all over me. And God says to me, I want you to go to the camp. It's clear as day, and I knew for sure, to be sure, to be sure, that it was God telling me to go to the camp. And I knew that I had to go for a special reason. There was something very specific that God wanted to do in my life. 
For the Holy Spirit to come all over me that powerfully, I knew that God wanted to do something very specific. So I was apprehensive going to the camp, uh, all these different thoughts. And then I got to the camp, day one, we arrive. Everything's great. Me, Derek, and Vince, and all the lads who are partaking in the in the camp, and everything was great. Great bunch of lads. We had a great time getting to know each other the first day, and then going into the first day, you know, the the first series was called Larger Story, and it was just really opening up, you know, all the great and wonderful things in life, and 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 the first day was a brilliant day. Everybody after the first day was talking about it. Mm-hmm. We were buzzing in the house saying, "This is brilliant. We'll do this every year, <laughs> every year, and so on." So we had an incredible time, and it really lifted our spirits. Mm-hmm. You know, the first day really lifted our spirits, and it brought us forward into the second day with enthusiasm, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot to look forward to. Um, you know, and on the first day we really learnt an awful lot about the, about you know the about us being created in the image of God mm-hmm. and how God the Father sees us and how mm-hmm. He created us to be before sin came into the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it, was, it would have been the same way He created Adam in His in His image. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was that much so in His image that He walked with Adam in the cool of the breeze in the mm-hmm. day. You know. Mm-hmm. And, they had conversations, they had fellowship. So this is where God was taking us on our journey mm-hmm. into the second day. Mm-hmm. Um, and just just to point out that that first day, there was, it was establishing that something was lost. Yeah. Something was stolen. Yeah. Yeah. Something was viciously assaulted. Yeah. And something was a surrendered. Yeah. And that really was the identity. Mm-hmm. That was the heart, our yeah. hearts in particular. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, getting into this next day, um, we then start to unpack and uncover where that happened for each individual. Mm. So I I just remember, you know, this second day, I go outside and uh, uh, Sean's standing and it it reminded me of like somebody in the trenches, you know, some for a war film I've seen, he was in shock. And uh, he said to me, "Um, this is the best I've ever experienced. Tell me a wee bit about that. Mm. Why, why was why were you saying that? <coughs> the second day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the second day. As I said, the first day brought us into the second day with enthusiasm, and then the second day, it was like kind of worms opened up in my life. Yeah, it was like an ugly, horrible kind of worms. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can imagine a kind of worms and maggots mixed in mm-hmm. together, the yep. ugliest soil possible. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like, and. The second day was very, very tough for me, you know. First of all, they opened up with the powers out of the, the false self, mm-hmm. the person that we've always portrayed ourselves to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a Christian 11 years, mm-hmm. and I've done a lot of outreach on the streets with the homeless, and I spend a lot of time with God in my daily life with God in prayer, worshiping the Bible. And for the last 11 years, it was like I thought I knew who I was, but I really realised that day that I wasn't exactly that person that I thought it was, but yeah. God was saying I was someone more special and someone better, and he wanted to mm-hmm. uplift stif- stuff from my soul. That's mm-hmm. what I felt, because mm-hmm. God went re- really, really deep with me that day. One of the lads came up to me and says, what's wrong with you? You look like you're going to snap. <laughs> and I looked at him there. I loved him. I said, you know what, Tommy? I said, praise God for that because I knew breakthrough was coming. Yeah. 
I just didn't know. It was Friday, but Sunday was a coming. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't know in what way that was gonna come, you know. And I really, I, I was wounded, really, really wounded that day. It was, it was the toughest day I would say of the whole retreat. Uh, a lot of lads were going through stuff, and it was at that point of the day, halfway through the second day, I had a choice to make. Mm-hmm. I could either shut the whole thing down inside of me and mm-hmm. say I'm not going through with this because mm-hmm. it's too hard mm-hmm. or I could push on with it and see what God was going to do mm-hmm. in it and I, I do know that some people did shut down that day I mm-hmm. chose not to shut down mm-hmm. that day mm-hmm. even though it was very very tough I knew God was uprooting stuff from the roots in, yeah. inside of me mm-hmm. very very deep inside mm-hmm. of me places where I've never really felt before to be mm-hmm. quite honest mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and I mean that—that's a great point, Sean. And I know people listening will be experiencing yeah. that because, you know, what what the tendency for us today is to run, uh, mm. you know, the, the scene for Braveheart. You know, I'm fighting, I'm yeah. running away, I'm yeah. I'm going to run and live. Yeah. But you know, dying in your beds, dying in your problems, dying in your unresolved issues that that, that have stole for your life, that have restricted and limited mm. you for so long. Mm. You know, would you, would what would you be willing to trade all the days we waste and no mm. resolving things, no facing and pushing through the pain. Yeah. Um but you know that second day, um in the context of what we've been discussing here, you know, in the in the content of the podcast, um it really it, you know, it's uncovering the false self, the the yeah. things that's that, you know, like what we, 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 we talk about with the false self is we're um, you know you've like you know say you've been seriously wounded and, and you make this vow that I'll never trust again mm. so you build a life around that belief and that false belief it's a false self because you, you're, you're just pushing everything away from you mm. I'll never be hurt again so you, you know you make life work for you uh, by mm. by these kind of ideas that we, we accept about ourselves and we portray that to yeah. others yeah um, well yeah now, as you were saying, that I had a picture there of a little sparrow, mm-hmm. a wounded sparrow. Mm-hmm. You know, and if a little sparrow is wounded, he can't fly. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and all the years, 11 years as a Christian, I thought I could fly. Mm-hmm. But the whole time I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And that was the false image, and that was the, the masks <clears throat> I was putting on myself without even realising I was being deceived by the devil whole, whole 11 years. Yeah. He never wanted me to look back on the stuff, on the wounds, on the hurts. Mm-hmm. Right. I always had these thoughts where, no, you're saved, you're grand, you're fine, you're healed, yeah. move on, and that's yeah. a lie that we all fall into. Exactly. It's, a, exactly. it's a deception that the enemy brings to our minds, yeah. you know. And, and I think yeah. I think it's great to point out in that point, you know, that and this this journey um, that, you know, we, we, we agree that, the cultivation of our lives, we need to weed and plant, we, we take the wrong things out, we put the right mm-hmm. things in, yeah. but there's also further, uh, you know, disciplines required in the, in the cultivation of our lives, one is digging, mm. and digging is about unearthing, discovering, uprooting, you know, um, you know, and, and this happened through camp and through something else in my life for the last couple of weeks, I've had this privilege of seeing uh, two people come to this realisation, this aha moment of, mm. you know, um, finding out why they have felt the way they have, F- finding out, oh, is that why I believed this? You know, and that, that only came by digging, that only came mm. by unearthing something, and, and that that kind of idea of, um, you know, we don't need to go there, 
actually, you're actually doing yourself a favour. You're cultivating yourself. You're, yeah. you're, you're unearthing certain things. No, to, to live there with this kind of, I know that the sentiment or the idea that's promoted with it is, oh, that's all, you know, you're, 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 you're talking about yourself and you're going places you don't need to go. No, you know, these things can get uprooted and thrown yeah. out and, and discarded and yeah. rejected and renounced and refused yeah. to, to accept to be associated with it again. You know, they're not going to limit your life anymore. So, moving on for that session, that session was, you know, um, it really, it really um, nails how we've made life work for ourselves. As Sean said there, you know, thinking we are, uh, um, you know, we're doing the best of what we know, but yeah, underneath it all, it's like, you know, we've been living this, we, we, you know, driven by the wrong things, uh, you know, basing our, our lives by these wrong beliefs. It then moves into the wound, the session's on the wound, and in the, in the, in the, this session, this gets behind the the, the, the false self, because Eldridge points out beautifully that behind every posing man is a, is a wounded boy or a, mm. a woman, uh, you know, and, and the, the bottom line is this wound, there's been something, it's been either a series, of coll- a collection of wounds, or one from, fairly significant one that, that delivered with it a message. Yeah. That that we as as a young child never had any a mature enough present ways to pro- help us process and recognise here's what's what I'm responsible for and here's what's the other person's mm. and what happens with most of these is we receive unquestionably accept and agree with certain messages that then go on to define us and then what you're looking at is with the the Scottish uh, task force drug task force. Uh, image that I, I spoke of, you know, you're looking at the end of somebody's life and you're seeing them presenting as this addict, this, uh, you know, um, you know, with all these mental health issues and so defeated, but really behind all that has <coughs> been, has been uh, they've came to accept certain things about themselves that's made them then end up present the, the way they have. How, yeah. how did that uh, play out for you, Sean? Yeah, for me, you know, it was gone from the world, boy, you know, and then at the end of that, that day, then God gave us all the new name, mm-hmm. which mine was Strong One. And mm-hmm. I was like, huh, Strong One? And then I looked out the window and I seen the breeze blowing. It was like a hurricane coming, but the tree, it was hitting the tree, but the tree wasn't budging. And all that evening, I had the same experience. Every time I went out for a walk, the breeze would come that strong. All of a sudden, they were nowhere and kept on hitting trees. And it was God constantly doing this to get through to my head to say listen this is the name I've given you mm-hmm. don't doubt it just receive it and accept it so we went on into day three then in around breaking agreements and uh, that was a very 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 powerful day mm-hmm. I mean you say breaking agreements um, you know w- you're talking about breaking agreements with these lies mm. that, that, that have been uh, yeah. you've, that, that have been you know li- you've been labelled with mm. that you've accepted yeah. that the names that you've been called that's really went into the yeah. practicalities of our responsibility and mm. breaking agreements yeah. breaking uh, ex- you know not accepting that stuff any yeah. longer so how, how when when, how when the start of day three mm-hmm. I was sitting there and watching the teachings and I can't get in this image of the first woman I ever slept with when I was 16 years of age mm-hmm. And I shook it out of my head. I'm sitting there watching the teachings. And her face popped back in my mind again. I shook it out of my head. I'm looking at the teachings. And her face pops back in my mind again. I'm like, huh? 
I'm like, why is she coming? And I haven't thought of this girl probably since I was 19. Mm-hmm. was 16 when I slept her, first girl ever. And then I realized that God was showing me her face for a reason. He wanted me to break all agreements with her from the first woman I ever slept with in my life, mm-hmm. right through to the end, to the mm-hmm. present day. Mm-hmm. So when we went into that session, when we went into that session, I went in pretty confident and then about probably about two minutes a minute into it my mind starts saying no this is stupid this is not working mm-hmm. you better off just stopping and i was like and i was almost going to stop and then i thought no he had his line to me mm-hmm. I, I knew it was the enemy mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah i knew it yeah. was a lie i was like no i need to do this mm-hmm. i closed my eyes again and i concentrate and i pictured every single woman i ever slept with mm-hmm. And what really struck me about John Eldridge when he was bringing us through that mm-hmm. was when he was getting us to say, I break all agreements mm-hmm. with this person. Mm-hmm. And I break all agreements with that person. Mm-hmm. Ties as well, ties. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I knew about the unholy soul ties mm-hmm. because I've done deliverance myself mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. But the key words that really struck me, mm-hmm. apart from the unholy soul ties, mm-hmm. was... I break all agreements with this person mm-hmm. and it was really significant for me that mm-hmm. was along with the unholy soul toys mm-hmm. but I'd never heard someone use that term before in that way and it really was like me really speaking to that person saying yeah. I break every agreement mm-hmm. where every demonic spirit mm-hmm. ever crossed from you mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. and it was really really powerful mm-hmm. it was a real battle going through that process even halfway through that process then uh, even after I agreed to continue on with myself halfway through it it became a real battle inside mm-hmm. of me it was like a war going on inside mm-hmm. of me and I had a real choice again to stop or continue and I was like no I need to push on with this mm-hmm. God is doing something here mm-hmm. and then three quarter way through then it was like a trigger I don't know if I can explain it it's like you know, if you hold the shotgun, you pull the trigger, mm-hmm. you get the recoil. Something kicked off me three quarter way through, mm-hmm. and I thought, this is it. Mm-hmm. God is doing something because mm-hmm. it was really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I could just feel stuff breaking off me. But when it was breaking off me, it was breaking off not from the outside, but from my soul, my very, very soul. Mm-hmm. I've been through a lot of deliverance mm-hmm. in the last 11 years, mm-hmm. but nothing ever this deep, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah ever and i say that again ever because uh-huh. that's how powerful it was it was tons of stuff breaking out my soul like and it was it was that powerful it was it, so when i got through deliverance like hot air coming out my mouth mm-hmm. backwards mm-hmm. and there's the sensation feeling of it coming mm-hmm. up my neck mm-hmm. and loads of different stuff breaking off all, all around me it was just like stuff being destroyed it was mm-hmm. like a grenade going mm-hmm. off inside mm-hmm. me and stuff just exploding off me Mm-hmm. And then when all that stuff was was gone, I was I was sitting there with my eyes shut mm-hmm. after that experience, and I put my hands in the air, mm. and I, I wanted to scream out freedom mm-hmm. because that's how powerful it was. I've never ever experienced deliverance that powerful in my life, and yeah. I never thought from sitting down and listening to a guy in a teaching <laughs> and coming into agreement with what he yes. says mm-hmm. rather than coming into agreement with what the lies in my head have been mm. telling me for wow. the last 11 years. Yes, that's um, right. So, yeah, no, it was very, very powerful. Tremendous, and, and tremendous. when I came back too from that, mm-hmm. it was like, John, you know, I, I can explain that. I had this, my masculinity was set free. Yes. It was. My chest puffed up in the mm. spirit. I felt like 
I felt like some Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. My chest felt that big. It did. My yeah. chest felt that big yeah. in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I was holding my head real high and I felt mm-hmm. like a man. Wow. A real man. Yeah. Uh, amazing, know? amazing. It was powerful, really, mm. really powerful. Great testimony, mm. Sean. Great. And I mean, we, we, you know, for some of the listeners that may think, what's he talking about? We talk about enemy. Um, you know, we, I know the world. They don't even the the you know the the, the you know the, the medical profession. They don't think in this this isn't a category that they think in is there is a there is a uh, you know malevolent um, you know forces that are wishing to do harm. That are wishing to do evil to, to your life, mm. you know. And if you are thinking from a biblical perspective, there is a, a, a evil spirits. There is evil uh, who um, you know are hell bent on destroying, stealing, killing, assaulting, whispering mm. into our ears, get trying to trying to make us feel, uh, you know, uh, you know, worth, insignificant, worthless, mm. you know. And, and that that's a battle. When we understand yeah. that, we understand we need to resist <coughs> that. We need to stand against that. We need to actually think that this is actually going on. This is a category that I need to live as if it's true. Mm. Um, I know personally, I tried a lot of other ways to get free of the drug and psychosis with the content that was going on in my head, trying to read all these self-help and spiritual books that tried to get you peace. Mm. But my peace came when I started believing that I actually had forces coming against me that I needed to fight against, that I needed to resist, that I needed to live as if they were really trying to ambush me and take me out. That's when victory started to come. I really started to hit the target there. When you know, when when I started acting as if that was real. Another thing is when you're mentioning Sean about the importance of getting these things out. Yeah. I mean, how practical this is, right? I, I'm I'm with my son on Friday. He, he a wee bit of mistreatment at school. You know, one of one of the young boys, and um, and then he's going out that night with, with his mum, and he's angry, and he's you know he's been his his attitude wasn't great, and he was. You know, he was coming across quite, you know, obstinate and rebellious. And but I'm looking at him, thinking, if you don't stop and get this out right now, people are going to start criticising you and mm-hmm. saying it's all about you and labelling you. You're angry. You're this. You're that. When actually, no, your your anger oh, was because, in your heart, was because mm-hmm. of some part me that happened to you. Yeah. So I had him in that hall and I got him squealing <laughs> two years. Before you go, shut the door, let's get this out. Think of every person that's hurt you today and shout out, get it out, scream it and, re- and release it. You know, and that's the practicalities of that. Sean mentioned there, after this journey they went through, after that deep uh, inner, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, journey, um, this, this um, sense came upon him to shout freedom. And that's what we done. We stood together, three, the holding hands, in three seconds. We counted down three, and we shouted freedom. You know, because there's something about the roar, about shouting, about getting these things out that that results in uh, the, a, a release. You know, because you've been holding them in for so long, they're releasing them, they're shouting them out, get gets it out physically. So that that's really important. Um, so moving on to the the final day. Which you know I know was really significant for you, Sean. Uh, you know the, the final session was on sonship yeah. and uh, receiving God as Father, mm. and this really um, used tremendous scenes for Braveheart mm. when young William's dad dies and uh, Uncle Argyle comes to replace him and take the take the role as father, and uh, you know uh, you, you know restore that you know that place that that, that missing piece in his life, and. Um, 
um, you know, but the guy who's sharing this guy Morgan, he he really shared his, um, you know, the the depth of his own places, his own journey. When he was there was <coughs> fatherlessness, you know, there was that he had a dad, but he wasn't he wasn't present, he wasn't available, he wasn't actually uh, f- f- deliberately intentionally fathering him. And uh, so Ren Morgan's talking about how how he took that into his own. Um, his own journey, his own his own uh, role uh, as a father and and a husband and all the di- all the mistakes that it made that he had made in, in that process um, and how he'd moved beyond it, how he'd progressed through it. Um, so I know Sean that, that brought s- stuff up for you that day yeah. that really that was significant. You might share a bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, last day was was when we got the father basically. The best way to really pour out was getting rid of the old father and bringing in the new father. Mm-hmm. So when we were going through the session on breaking all, I had a really tough childhood with my own dad. Mm-hmm. He would have bit, hit me an awful lot. Mm-hmm. And I ran out home when I was 13 because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of hurt there, a lot of rejection, a lot of pain, really, really deep stuff. Mm-hmm. And when we went into that station, it was just, the Lord brought back to my mind and something that never came to my mind mm. was that my dad was adopted when he was a kid mm. and he was and, and that's what the Lord brought back to my mind I felt so sorry for me dad and I understood then why he was the way he was he was hurt himself mm-hmm. he never had the love of a father mm-hmm. himself you know it was he, it was all he knew it was all he knew to be was the way he was so I went in there and then I started breaking the agreements in around the rejection mm-hmm. and, and everything else that came with that realm with that. I remember he gave you his labels he put on you, but that yeah, was significant. Yeah, was yeah. He, was always, he was always saying to me that um, you were adopted and he gave us the wrong baby in the hospital. And now I see where all that was coming from because he was adopted as a child. Mm-hmm. You know, He was using that as a weapon on me without even realising it. Mm-hmm. And that really, all that stuff really deeply hurt me as a kid. All them words he spoke of in my life like that. Mm-hmm. So I went into all of that, <coughs> breaking <coughs> breaking all agreements with all of that stuff. <coughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Breaking all agreements with all that stuff. And um, it was really, really powerful. Um, and when I, I got deliverance from that, in that session, there was tons of stuff breaking off me again. Loads of stuff. It was almost as powerful as the first time I went through. Mm-hmm. <coughs> the livings around the unholy soul ties of women. Mm-hmm. And when I when the, all the stuff broke off me, it was rejection. Mm-hmm. It was huge. Huge, huge rejection. It was a huge, huge hurt in my life. All my life, rejection held me back. Mm-hmm. All my life, <coughs> you know, I've been rejected. Sorry, I have to clear my throat. Um, all my life I've been rejected. Yeah. Not just but after my dad, by women, yeah. people I meet in my life. Exactly. And it's exactly. been the biggest torment, the exactly. biggest thorn in my side my whole life. Exactly. And that day I got delivered from that. And that day was very, very powerful for me again. And that was the day that the father, and I've always had a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. But that day he really stepped into my life. That day he really came into my life. Mm-hmm. And since I've, since that day, things ha- my life has changed so, so much and mm-hmm. so dramatically for the greater good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I talk to the Father now as if I really know who mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. I really know his heart for me mm-hmm. and that he loves me. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's no rejection there. Mm-hmm. Praise yes, God, it's gone. You. Like, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, yeah, so day four was really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, when, when you spoke there, that just what came up for me was, you know, if you're listening and, you know, maybe a bit listening about somebody else, you know, we still stay stuck and yeah. defined by um, mm. what happened to me. But you see what happened with Sean's dad, that actually him not resolving his own issues actually then went on to damage his own children. Yeah, and also what I want to share is that not everyone has a really bad relationship with their father. Mm-hmm. But when I ran away from home when I was 13, mm-hmm. I, I did live in other people's homes. Mm-hmm. And it was like the men in that house then were like a father figure to mm-hmm. me as well. Mm-hmm. And God brought all of them to my memory mm-hmm. as well. And I had to break agreements with all of these men as yeah. well. Uh-huh. Because they were like father figures in my yeah. life. So yeah. I had to do my own dad. And then another two men who were like father figures mm-hmm. to me throughout mm-hmm. my life and break all agreements mm-hmm. with them too. Mm-hmm. Because God wants to break the whole line of anyone connected to a father figure in your life. Because you only really have one true father, and Mm -hmm. that's your heavenly father. Yes. Yeah, and that process I think you're describing is the emasculation. It's, you know, when you've been deprived of your identity, you're deprived of your your masculine uh, strength. And with these wounds and these, um, you know, uh, messages that went along with them, you know, Sean was saying there, and I'm not, I'm, I know we could get into a full session on rejection, which is probably something we'll do in the future. Um, but you know, the messages that we believed through the through the yeah. this treatment yeah. about ourselves, it's it's all my fault. I'm only going mm. to be accepted when I'm when I'm perfect. I am a mistake. You know, I am. Uh, you know, I am. I should have been adopted. I'm not the right one. You mm. know, and, and when you deeply, when these beliefs are sewn into a, a, a heart, your identity is so uh, broken. Your identity is so lost and stolen. And then you surrender. You mm. surrender your heart to these things because you just, yeah. you just, you say that's the truth. You mm. don't even question it. And then, I mean, Eldridge made a quote which to me was just what our, our aha moment for me was the only thing more tragic than the tragedy that's happened to us is how we've handled it yeah. and you know that is about how how we what we want to believe about ourselves mm. from the, the tragedy that happened to us how the choices we've made the 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 life we've lived or not lived mm. because of what's happened to us but you know there's great news you know and I think here we're going to hear just before we finish, just a wee bit of how this is, how this, the practicalities of this that's played out since. But you know, the great news is we don't have to remain defined yeah. by the aces in our no. lives, the adverse things that's happened to us, mm. the messages we've received, wherever they've came from. We don't have to remain um, defined by them. We can fight for the restoration and freedom of our hearts. The, the, there is a process of cultivation, of, of weeding and planting, of digging mm. and pruning, letting go of all this unhelpful stuff, letting go of the, the, the stuff that's no longer necessary, it's no longer helpful, it needs to be released. There needs to be a, a deliberate, uh, intentional um, you know, effort made to, to, um, to, you know, to experience the right things. So, I, so, sh- so just to finish on, um, you know, what what's played out in terms of your identity, in terms of your, you know, I know that when you're feeling rejected, it's, <coughs> it's almost as if you're having always having to prove, always having to, uh, you know, uh, win people's uh, approval and, um, you know, uh, you know, please, all this kind of stuff. Um, how's it played out? Because I know it's just the early days in the journey, you know, of yeah. the reprogramming of these things. But what, how yeah. how is that? 
how has it yeah. changed? <coughs> changes have been practical. Yeah, okay. So even though you go through these very powerful, very, very powerful deliverances, mm -hmm. there's something that has to be renewed, and that's your mind. Because mm -hmm. you've taught this way all your life. Exactly. You've acted this way all mm -hmm. your life. You've mm -hmm. believed these lies mm -hmm. all of your life. Mm -hmm. It's who you were. That was your identity. Mm -hmm. But now this is not my identity. So when, when, before we left the retreat, John Eldridge did say, he says, you know, when you go home, don't tell your wives or girlfriends or loved ones too much about it mm -hmm. because the enemy will come through them mm -hmm. and he will attack you. Mm -hmm. Because um, when he said it, I knew what he meant and I didn't expect it in the way that he says because when I went home, I got bamboozled mm -hmm. by people very, very close to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not meaning, but I knew the enemy, it, was, it wasn't really them, it was the enemy. Mm -hmm. As it says in Ephesians 6, you're not fighting flesh and blood. That's right. Prince, powers and powers of parties in, mm -hmm. in high places, dark places. So mm -hmm. I knew what was going on. John Eldridge gave us the heads up on it for the first week after. The only way I can explain it is like it had to be reworked. Mm -hmm. My thinking mm -hmm. and my emotions. Yeah. Deep, deep stuff. And it was, it was a really tough week. I knew what was going on. So that was a good piece for me. Yeah. So every single day when rejection would come up mm -hmm. in my mind or in my emotions, I'd bring it to God and I'd continue to break agreements mm -hmm. with it. And um, just keep impressing it to God, talking to Him, talking to the Father, really talking deeply to the Father, mm -hmm. more so than Jesus, because it was the Father, the Father that was coming back into my life to, to take over my life, mm -hmm. to restore my life, mm -hmm. to bring His love back into my life. So all week, I went really, really deep with the Father talking to him emotionally, opening up my heart and and throughout that week I was getting stronger. You know. The first two, three days was was first two days was really shaky. Third day it was better. Fourth day was better. Fifth day was better. Sixth day, seventh day I was flying. Mm -hmm. Really, really great. <clears throat> what really struck me there a few minutes a few minutes ago there, what you said was was when you drop down the shield of fate, when you stop thinking, oh I don't need to fight throughout this day. Mm -hmm. I can just agree with everything that comes to my mind and yeah. that's a lie you're believing again you're mm -hmm. falling back into deception every day I have to break agreements with thoughts coming to my mind mm -hmm. and praise the Lord yeah. you know because it, it, it's still defining who we are mm -hmm. you know and the enemy will always constantly attack our minds our integrity our identity especially mm -hmm. our identity yeah. and it's for us to keep our guards up every single day and constantly remember that the enemy wants to steal kill and destroy yeah. He doesn't give up, you know, mm -hmm. so that's who he is and yeah. that's his identity. That's but mm -hmm. praise God, my life has changed usually, usually since then. Yeah. <clears throat> I know who I am in, in the Father in Christ mm -hmm. and I'm walking in that authority. I'm yeah. walking on I'm a son and a child mm -hmm. of God and I'm yeah. getting to know the Father more mm -hmm. and I'm going deeper into his heart. Yeah. You know, and it's mm -hmm. an incredible experience mm -hmm. and I'm still on it. But yeah. uh, praise Absolutely. God for it, you know. Thank you. So thanks, Sean. Thanks for being with us. <coughs> if this uh, has raised anything for you guys listening, uh, just get in touch with us and we'd be happy to meet, we'd be happy to share um, and offer any help we can. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life. 
or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.com. Till next time, God bless you.